Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. When I was a little kid, I had this friend who had a horse, and her name was Taffy. The horse, not, not the friend, the horse. <laughs> and Taffy was this beautiful brown horse, just giant, and she had long, a long dark mane and a long dark tail, and she was the sweetest, most gentle horse you'd ever meet. And she happened to have an extreme sweet tooth for apples. And so my friend and I, we were about, about kindergarten, and we wanted to ride Taffy all the time, but we weren't big enough to take her out on our own. And, but we figured out that if we climbed to the top of the pasture fence and we waved an apple about, Taffy would come running. And she'd come over to the fence, and if we held it back just far enough, she'd get close enough that we could jump on her back. And so we would take her for a ride. But really, she was taking us for a ride because she didn't have anything on, didn't have any gear on, so she just went wherever she wanted to go. And we were at her mercy as she moseyed about the pasture. And so, because of Taffy, I've always loved horses. Especially as a little girl, I loved horses. And I know every girl, little girl loves horses, but I really loved horses. And when I was older, I had a chance to go to a church. I went to a church that put on a camp that was called Cowboy Camp. All right, so when you grow up in Colorado, you have things like this. You have things like Cowboy Sunday and Cowboy Breakfast and Cowboy Sing Songs and Cowboy Camp. And I loved Cowboy Camp. And Cowboy Camp is where we would pack up and we would travel way up into the mountains, Colorado, right up in the Rocky Mountains, and we'd sleep under the stars and we would have campfires and we'd sing songs and we'd have devotions. And then we'd also learn to take care of horses, how to gear up a horse, and how to ride a horse. And it was amazing, and I loved it. And by the end of the week, I thought I, thought I was becoming quite the little equestrian. I thought that I knew how to ride a horse. And I did, as long as everything went smoothly. But one day, we're taking the horses out on the trail, and this tiny little leaf decided to blow across the trail. And my horse got spooked, and he took off quicker than anything. And so all I could do is just drop down and hold onto the saddle and scream my head off as I was darting through the trees. I thought this was it. I thought this is the way I'm gonna go. Death by horse, this is how I'm going to go. But then I remembered my training and I remembered what I needed to do and so I grabbed a hold of the reins and I pulled back, a pretty gentle pull, like not, wasn't that crazy, and the horse slowed down and he came to a stop. And any time I think about this passage, I think about those moments in my life, those two moments where I had a horse that didn't have any gear, didn't have the bit in its mouth, and I couldn't get it to go left, right, or any direction. But then there was this horse that even in the chaos, with just a tiny bit in its mouth, he would listen, and he was in control. I was in control, and he would do as I said. And so the same is true for us, too. The same is true for our lives. Like when we are in control of our mouths, when we are in control of our tongues, it means that we are in control of our whole bodies and even our lives. And so what does it mean to be in control of your tongue? Like what does that even mean? Well, it just means that you're in control of your mouth. You're in control of what you say. It's like it's not rocket science. But 
when we're in control of what we say, like when we're in control of our mouths, means that we're in control of the words we speak. And I would take it even a step further, and I'd say it's not just the words that we speak, it's also the words that we write. It's the text messages that we send. It's the emails that we write. It's the comments that we put on social media. It's the posts that we don't even write, and yet we share. Those are all words that we speak. Though, and words matter, because words hold weight. And it's been said that words create worlds. And there's a Jewish theologian named Abraham Heschel. He says, words are themselves sacred. God's tools for creating the universe. And our tools for bringing holiness or evil into the world. For bringing holiness or evil into the world. Words create worlds. And did you actually know that there's a few different scientific studies that show when harsh or negative words are spoken over plants, it actually causes them to decline. It causes them to become weak. It causes them to become frail. But when positive words and words of love are spoken over plants, it actually causes them to flourish. It causes them to thrive and to become healthy. And see, what is true for plants is also true for people. Our words have the power to bless and the power to curse. Our words can hold the difference from declining and thriving. Our words are powerful. Our words hold weight. Our words create worlds. Are we creating worlds of hurt or are we creating worlds of healing? Our words matter because words have power. Words have power. And I don't know about you, but this is something that I continually need to work on. Like, I think if I surveyed the room today and I said, can anybody think of a time in the last few days that we lost control of our words? <laughs> yeah, I can see with laughter. I'm sure every, everybody probably would raise their hand. As a matter of fact, I can think of a moment just this morning, <clears throat> even though I knew what I was speaking on, that I still lost control <laughs> of my words. And... Uh, but the thing is, even James says it in verse 2, he says that we all make mistakes. But I truly believe that if we were able to recognize the true power of our words, we would handle them more carefully. We must recognize that our words have the power to create and shape the reality that we live in. Our, word, our whole world was set in motion because God spoke words and said it was so. God spoke and breathed life into existence by speaking, let there be light. And there was light. And we, you and me, are his image bearers. We have been granted similar powers in our words because we were created in the image of God. Like, think about it. Like, we as humans, people, are the only ones that have the ability to use language. We're the only ones that have the ability to use language in all of creation. Yes, dogs bark, and cats meow, and elephants, I don't know what elephants do, but elephants make sounds. But humans are the only ones that have the ability to use language. Like, animals can't communicate, they can't speak, they can't create, they can't write, 
Only humans have the ability to create worlds with their words. And we, and we can speak, and those words have power. And when we speak words of faith, hope, love, we get to participate in the redemptive work of our world. Our words have power to breathe life into dead situations, to, to give light into darkness, to bring order into chaos. Words have power. But the thing is, is we know that not, words don't just have the power for good, but they also have destructive power. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I mean, I know you've heard the childhood nursery rhyme that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... That's right, words can never hurt me. What a load of garbage. A complete load of garbage. Like, words... I ha the greatest wounds I've ever received in life have been from words, not from sticks and stones. And, uh, and that's because pow there is power in words. Like, words have power, a lasting power. And not only are we going to see today that words have power, but we're going to also see that words reveal the heart. Okay, before we jump right into that, I want to show you some pictures that I found online of some poor, unfortunate souls that reveal something else, not just the heart, but reveal something else in the body. Can I have the first one? Okay, so there's a story behind each of these. This guy right here. He said, it says, it said online that he went to the hospital complaining of a toothache, and they did some imaging, and clearly it's not just a tooth issue going on here, because the x-ray reveals something else. All right, can we have the next one? All right, I don't know what happened here exactly, but it said that this guy was running through his house, and there happened to be a fork on the ground, and it ended up through his foot. So... Cool, cool. Can I have the next one? All right. So this was a college student who was eating, and someone walked up behind her in her dorm room and scared her. And so her little plastic spoon went <gasps> and went down her throat. Yes, yes. Can I have the next one? <laughs> okay. Don't do this, guys. All right. So this guy... <laughs> This guy was using a little pair of scissors as a toothpick in the back of his teeth, and he coughed, and then this happened. So only use toothpicks, I guess. All right, next one. All right, so this is a tale as old as time. Uh, a young couple who were in love were at an anniversary dinner, and they were sharing a beautiful meal, and it ended with a beautiful dessert. And the girlfriend was eating the dessert, and the boyfriend was looking at him, her anxiously, and just, she kept going and going and going and going, and pretty soon she just cleaned up the bottom of her dish. And the boyfriend obviously looked at her in shock. The proposal didn't go quite the way that he wanted, and they ended up in the emergency room that night. All right, so it's all fun and good, but just as these x-rays show what's inside the body, the tongue actually shows what's inside the heart. Let's look at our passage just one more time, okay? Uh, we're going to start with verse 7 this time, though. And it says, People can tame all, times, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. 
And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives and a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Man, James just doesn't pull any punches, does he? In the entire book, he doesn't pull any punches. But I really think that this passage right here should cause each and every one of us to take a pause. Like, this is why I say that, like, words are an x-ray of the heart. Because what is going on in the inside will eventually show up. Like, when we have junk and just yuckiness going on in the inside, it will bubble up. Like, when we have hatred or, like, malice in our hearts, it will eventually bubble up. And when we have jealousy and selfishness and intolerance and faithlessness, like, it will eventually bubble up. And James says in verse, excuse me, in verse 9, and he's talking about the tongue here, he says, sometimes the tongue praises our, praises their, our Lord and Father. Like, sometimes we praise God for who he is. And then sometimes we thank God for all that he's done. And sometimes we gather together in a group of believers and we worship him and sing him praises in his name. But it also goes on to say that sometimes we curse those who are made in the very image of God. Like one moment we are praising God and the next we are cursing the people that he created, that he loves, and that he died for. Like we come to church on Sunday and then on the way home, and I'm speaking to myself here too, and on the way home, like we freak out on our kids and tear them down. Or we come here on Sunday and we praise and we worship the God, our God And then we turn around and we call our boss all sorts of names. And we talk about him behind his back the very next day. Or we are so thankful and we praise God and we thank him for all that he's given us. But then we freak out on the waitress because she got her order wrong. And it's in our moments of frustration and hardship and weakness that we can get a glimpse at what's really going on in the inside. It is in the moments where... We let our tongues get a little looser, where we just don't care as much about the consequences, or maybe we feel just completely justified at what we are saying and what our harsh words are saying. And that's when we can can truly see what's really tucked down into the crevices of our heart. And that's because words reveal the heart. Jesus says it better than I ever could. In Matthew 12, 34, he says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I don't know about you, but it makes me stop and think, like, do I actually have control of what I say? Like, in those moments, uh, I'm stressed and I'm tired and I'm angry and I'm frustrated. Are my words still full of compassion and grace and gentleness and love? Because our words will betray us way before our actions do. Because our words reveal what is still broken in us. They reveal if we've started to drift. Our words reveal, are we becoming more like Jesus? Or are we becoming less like Jesus? Here's the deal. 
And don't miss this. Although our words reveal our brokenness and our sinfulness, we still have hope through the transforming work of Jesus Christ. Like, he's not done. And when we surrender our hearts to him and he begins the process of renewal and transformation, he begins that from that moment. And Ezekiel, in Ezekiel 36, 26, he assures us, it says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove that heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. So as we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, our words will be transformed. Instead of speaking words of anger and of gossip or deceit, we can begin to speak words of love and encouragement and truth. And when our hearts are aligned with God's word and filled with his love, our speech becomes a testimony of his saving, transforming power. But we need to seek his guidance, yielding our hearts and our tongues to him and to his transformation so that our words can reflect his character and his glory. So when, you're, when, you, excuse me, when your words reveal something within you that is not like Jesus, I don't think it just means that we just need to like grip a little harder and try a little bit harder. I don't think it's just that. I also think it needs that we need to be continually going before him. Like, we need to spend time with him. We need to spend time praying. We need to spend time praying for the ones we love and the ones that we don't like very much. We need to spend time worshiping him, and we need to spend time in his word. And when we do that, our hearts will be transformed from the inside out, and our words will reflect that. So we, let me see, let me quiz you for a second. So we've learned that words have what? Power. Power. That's right. And the second one, what did we just learn? That the words reveal our hearts. That's right. And finally, we are going to learn that changing our words changes lives. See, there's a new book out by Mark Batterson, and it's called Please, Sorry, Thanks. And I actually pulled some information out of that book for my message today. And in this book, Mark states that changing our words can change lives. And you see, it's not all about what you stop saying. Not at all. That's just one step. It's about what we need to start saying. And let me ask you this. What words do you actually need to start saying over your own lives? Like, do you realize that you were created in the image of God? Like, James says it here. And so when he says that, like, sometimes we curse those that were created in the image of God, and then we turn around and we tear ourselves down, and we turn around and we criticize ourselves, that we are doing exactly what James warned against. So let me ask you, are you speaking, are you quick to speak blessing over your life or curses? Like, let's think about it. If words are powerful and words reveal the heart, what are you revealing with your words about what you think about yourself? Friends, you are sons and daughter of the Most High King. You are his. You are the child of our Lord and Savior. So how do you need to start changing the words that you speak about yourself? 
This isn't something to just gloss over quickly and think, oh, I can tuck this away for another day. Because changing the words you speak over yourself, over your life, over your family, over your home, over your community, changes lives. It breathes life. Because changing words can change lives. And not only does it change lives within you, your life, or in your family, but it also can change lives of those around you. Today, this last week, I just was thinking, I realized it was just this moment where I found, just sitting there praying, and, and the Lord just spoke to me and said, like, do you realize that you may be the first glimpse that someone sees of me? Like, do you realize that your words may be the very first words that someone hears of the gospel? And changing your words... Focusing your words on him. Not letting just even simple, unthoughtful words slip out can change lives. And before we end today, I want to tell you a quick story. Um, as many of you know, like I didn't get a chance to grow up in a Christian home. I didn't get a chance to grow up in a home where words were used to speak life um, or encouragement. It was a pretty dark place full of a lot of hurts and pains, and um, just fear. And because of that, my dad, and my relationship with my dad has always been a little bit rocky. Uh, but thankfully, because of the loving, saving grace of my Heavenly Father, I've been able to grow, forgive and grow in relationship with my earthly father. And I am so, so thankful for that. I love my dad so much. And uh, my dad is just one tough cookie. <laughs> He's not one to be of many words, at least not words about, like, feelings or love. But as I've gotten older, especially in the last few years, <clears throat> I've realized, like, the way that my dad showed his love is by providing for my family the best that he could. And by creating moments that to have fun, um, by working hard, and showing me what hard work looks like. And a few months ago, I had a chance to go and to visit my family and to visit my parents. And I don't know if you've ever had this, but it was just a moment in time. I might, maybe you've had it with friends or with like your children, but it was just a slice in time that I knew was just a gift from God. It was this moment that was special that I knew that I would never be able to recreate necessarily and that like I would want to hold on to for a really long time. And so when I was done with my short visit, I went by my parents' house to say goodbye. And if you live away from family, you know just how hard those goodbyes are, especially when you don't know when the next hello is going to be. And so I went by my parents' house to say goodbye. And as I was walking out the door, my dad walks up to me and he hands me an envelope, this envelope. And uh, of course I asked what it was and he just very gruffly was like, oh, I'll just put it away. And so I put it in my bag, and I took it with me. And that night, I pulled it out. And in this envelope is a six-page letter, a handwritten letter from my dad. And it's a letter to me. And in this letter, he spoke blessing and life over me. He shared regrets and asked for forgiveness. 
And he gave encouragement and hope. Now, like I said, I've already done a lot of the work, or Jesus has done a lot of the work. And, like, our relationship has moved forward in, like, forgiveness and love and restoration. But this letter, these words, they did something in me. They healed pieces in me that I didn't even realize were still broken. Like, I will be forever changed because of these words. And I'm so encouraged because it showed me what God is doing and what he promises to continue to do in the future. Because changing words, changing your words can change lives. Because your words have power and they reveal what's truly going on inside your heart. And uh, I'm just, I will forever cherish this and hold on to this. But as we end today, I want to leave you with three questions. I want to leave you with three questions. And if you're a note taker, go ahead and get out and take your notes for this. If you're not a note taker, you might even want to take a picture of them because I really do think God wants to do a work in each and every one of us. And the first question is, what are your words revealing about you? What are your words revealing about you? And two, what words do you need to stop saying? And three, what words do you need to start saying? So this week, pay attention to your words. Pay attention to the words you speak and ask the Lord to reveal what's going on inside of your heart. Like what's in there that is like Jesus, but what's in there that's not like him and needs to be burned away? What needs to be saturated in the truth of the word? And secondly, what words do you need to stop saying? Are there things that you need to stop speaking out? What are you speaking death to? What person who was created in the image of God do you you need to stop cursing? And thirdly, what do you need to start saying? Where do you need to speak life? Where do you need to declare the goodness of God? Who do you need to encourage Who do you need to bring the good news? What words do you need to start saying? Can everybody stand with me as we pray? Father, I thank you. I thank you for this letter from James. I thank you, Lord, that you don't turn a blind eye to a single thing in our lives, in our bodies, Lord. You don't say, oh, That doesn't really matter. That's not a big sin. And I thank you, Lord, that you've personally convicted me in my words, Lord. And I just pray that you help to show each and every person that's here today, first and foremost, how loved they are. And, like, that's why it matters, because they were created in your image, and you love them, and you have something so much greater for them. But, Lord, I pray that you show them how important the words that they're using are in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you help them to take a step this week, to step closer to you in Jesus' name.